Amen. Well, again, good morning and welcome to Liberty Church. Today we're going to jump right in uh, to our message. We began last Sunday uh, a new series entitled Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. And uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 22 is kind of our foundational scripture. The Bible says the apostle Peter is speaking on the day of Pentecost. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him. God publicly endorsed Jesus by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him. And we established last Sunday that you literally cannot be a Christian unless you believe in the miraculous power of God. That the foundation stone of our faith as believers in Jesus Christ is built upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That Jesus died on the cross, paid the penalty for our sin, and three days later, God raised him from the dead. Amen? And we are here today as believers in Jesus Christ because our faith is rooted in the fact that our God does the miraculous. Amen? And if you're a student of the Bible, you understand that from Genesis to Revelations, signs, wonders, and miracles have been the calling card of our God, right? Everywhere that God is, amazing things really do begin to happen. So we just ask the question, what are signs, wonders, and miracles? And I gave you a very simple definition last Sunday. I'm just going to revisit that with you today. We said signs, wonders, and miracles are are the supernatural manifestations of the power of God. The supernatural manifestations of the power of God that do two things, that affirm and confirm the Word of God. And we said there are really three expressions of God's Word. There's Jesus, the living Word. There's the Bible, the written Word. And then there's the Holy Spirit quickened Word, or what the Bible calls in the Greek the rhema Word, the spoken Word from the Holy Spirit. And so signs, wonders, and miracles are supernatural manifestations that God uses to affirm and confirm that Jesus is Lord, that His Word is true, and that God is still speaking and moving in the hearts and lives of people today. How many are glad God's still speaking and moving? Amen? God is still at work in our hearts and in our lives. So look with me in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12. Jeremiah is speaking. God has just showed him a vision, and the Lord asked him what he saw. And then the Lord said to him, Jeremiah says, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. God told Jeremiah that he watches over his word to perform it. There's another scripture in the book of Psalms that says God has settled his word forever in the heavens. And the Psalms also goes as far as to say that God has exalted his word even over his own name. God honors and obeys his word. And God watches over his word to perform everything that he has said and everything that he has spoken. To, to the prophet Moses, right, when God was speaking to Moses, God said this to Moses. He said, everything that I say with my mouth, I will perform with my hand. And then we looked in Mark chapter 16, and we said that the Bible says this, and the disciples went everywhere preaching and preached and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said with many miraculous signs. God worked through them. Look what it said. Confirming what they said with many miraculous signs. So God confirmed the word. As they preached, what were they preaching? Well, if you back up a couple verses, you find out that Jesus told them to go and preach the gospel. How many of you know the gospel is good news? 
Right? It literally means good news. The good news is this. Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus delivers, Jesus redeems, Jesus restores, Jesus sets the captives free, right? Jesus is the God of the impossible, the God of the supernatural, the God that shows up and shows out on behalf of his people, and that's good news, amen? And anytime you preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're preaching and proclaiming good news that Jesus saves, heals, delivers, redeems, restores, and puts our lives back together again. Amen? Amen? So God confirmed his word with many miraculous signs and miracles. Look at that next point. So we said the key to signs, wonders, and miracles is faith-filled obedience to the word of God. God says it, we obey it, and miracles happen. God says it, we obey it, and miracles happen. And we talked about Moses. God said it, Moses did it, and miracles happen. We talked about Daniel. God said it, Daniel obeyed it and miracles happened. We talked about Elijah. God said it, Elijah did it, and miracles happened. We talked even about Jesus, right? Jesus who said, I don't do anything or say anything unless I see the Father do it and say it. God said it, Jesus did it, and miracles happened. And we talked about the disciples. The entire book of Acts, the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelations is full of people who believe God, obey God, and God showed up and God showed out as miracles happened in the hearts and lives of people. And last Sunday, we closed our, our ministry time, our preaching, teaching time with James chapter five that says, is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church and anoint them with all the prayer of faith. They'll save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And Last Sunday, the altars filled as we anointed people with oil and prayed over people. And I'm just going to tell you, testimonies are continuing to come in of people that were healed and people that were delivered. Let me just ask a question. If you got healed and touched by God last week, just raise your hand. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a round of praise this morning. Miss Patricia, who's sitting back there waving everybody, Patricia, if you will. Pat, right? I'm calling you the wrong name. Pam. I had Pat in my mind, Miss Pam. I'm sorry. Miss Pamela, Pam. Pam had a growth in her leg about the size of an orange. For three months, she's been going to the doctor, having tests. Last Sunday, she came up for prayer, got anointed with oil. She said by the time she got back to her seat, the growth was gone. Miss Darlene caught me this morning and said, Pastor Keith, I got to tell you, the Lord healed me. The Lord delivered me. I've been set free. I've, been, I've had energy. I felt better this week than I felt in a year. Why? Because God's a healer. God says it, we obey it, and miracles happen. Amen? So look with me in 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. The Apostle Peter says this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, may God give you more and more grace and peace. How many know there's more? May God give you more and more grace and peace. Look what he says. As you grow in your knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. There's more grace. There's more peace. There's more power. There's more healing. There's more provision. There's more breakthrough. The good thing about God is God is infinite. There's never an end to him. So no matter how much you've got of God, there's more, amen? 
There's more of his glory, more of his power, more of his spirit, more of his anointing, more of his provision, more of his grace. God has more that he wants to do. And the apostle Peter says, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. So we get more as we grow. I mean, you know, you need to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. You need to grow in knowing him and pressing into him because we're going to see in just a minute that the key to everything God has is wrapped up in his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now look at verse three. It says, and by his divine power, God has given us everything that we need for living a godly life. By his divine power, God has given us what? Everything. Let's say it together. God's given us what? Everything. Let's say it real loud like you mean it. God's given us what? Everything. And I looked the word everything up in the Greek and guess what it means? Everything. Right? By his divine power, God has given us everything that we need to live a godly life. God has given us everything that we need to live a godly life by his divine power. So without divine power, you don't have everything. Right? Without divine power, we don't have everything that we need to live a godly life. But how many of you understand if you're here today and you're born again, anybody in here born again today? If you're here today, you're born again. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, right? The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and he will quicken or give life to your mortal body. Acts chapter one, verse eight, Jesus said, and you shall receive power, dunamis, miraculous working power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. When what God's put in you comes on you, power of God flows, Amen. And by his divine power, we receive everything that we need to live a godly life. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, right? You have power. You have authority. You have dominion. You have the same spirit that raised Jesus. And by that divine power, we have everything that we need to live a godly life. Now, I want to I wanna elaborate on that word godly for just a minute because to be godly is to literally be godlike. Now, you're not God, but you're supposed to be like him. Y'all look at your neighbor and say, you're not God. <laughs> but you're supposed to be like God, aren't you? You're supposed to be like God. To be godly is to be godlike. Think about it. In Genesis, when God created Adam and Eve before sin entered the world, God's original intent was that he would create human beings in his image and in his what? Likeness. Why? Because God wants you to be like Him. God has given us by His divine power everything that we need to live a God-like life. We can walk like, we can talk like, and we can do what Jesus did. We can walk like Him, we can talk like Him, and we can do what Jesus did. Now let me just say something. I mean, one of the greatest tragedies in modern Christianity is that we have defined God-likeness to love. Well, if you're going to be like Jesus, you just got to love like Jesus loved. Well, I agree with that. I believe love, as a matter of fact, the Bible says love is the highest calling. Faith worketh through love. Now abide is faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. There is no doubt being like Jesus means having a heart of love. But understand something. You can't be like Jesus and love people. This is what he did. Think about it. Jesus loved people enough to help people. He loved people enough to heal people. 
He loved people enough to save people. He loved people enough to deliver people. He loved people enough to feed people. He loved people enough to minister to people. He loved people enough to show up and show out in their lives for the glory of God. You can't be like Jesus unless signs, wonders, and miracles follow you all the days of your life. If we're supposed to be godly, and we're supposed to be like God and like Jesus. Yes, we need to have a heart of love, but it's that heart of love that opens the door for the ministry or the power of the Holy Spirit to be manifested in the lives of other people because you can't be like Jesus and not be supernatural. You can't be like Jesus and not be supernatural. Think about it. If you read the Bible, if you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the biblical account of the life of Jesus, everywhere Jesus went, signs, wonders, and miracles. Everything Jesus did, signs, wonders, and miracles. Everything connected to Jesus, signs, wonders, and miracles. You cannot be like Jesus and not walk in signs, wonders, and miracles. And so the Bible says that by his divine power, God has given us everything that we need to walk like, talk like, and live like, and do what Jesus did, right? Jesus said, the works that I do will you do, and greater works than these will you do because I go to the Father. Now look at that next verse, or the rest of that verse. I want you to see this. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life, and we have received all of this by coming to know him the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And we have received all of this. Look what it says. We have received all of this. We have received divine power that gives us everything that we need to live a God-like life. And we've received all of this, look what it says, by knowing, by coming to know Jesus, the one who calls us to himself. I said it last week and I want to say it again today. We don't follow signs, wonders, and miracles. We follow Jesus. And signs, wonders, and miracles follow us. Because it's by coming to Jesus, right? Hebrews eleven six says, without faith it's impossible to please God because they that come to God must believe that he is. The purest expression of faith is faith compels you to come to God. Faith compels you to come to God. Faith compels you to come to God. It compels you to run to him. It compels you to run after him. It compels you to pursue him, right? We're not pursuing healing. We're pursuing the healer. We're not pursuing deliverance. We're pursuing the deliverer. We're not pursuing provision. We're pursuing the provider, right? We're not pursuing the things. We are pursuing the per person of God himself, the fullness of God manifested through his son, Jesus Christ, the visible manifestation of the invisible God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so the purest expression of faith compels us to come to God. So God has given us divine power so that we can have everything that we need to live a God-like life. Now look at that next verse. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. And these are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desire. So in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. He has given us great and precious promises, and these promises enable you to share in his divine nature, escape the corruption that is in the world, so make every effort to respond to God's promises. There's only one way to respond to the promises of God, by faith. 
That's it. The only way you can respond to the promise of God in a right relationship with the Lord is by faith. So the Bible says God has given us great and precious promises that by these we might be enabled to share in his divine nature. Think about that. God wants you to share in his divine nature. So how do I share in the divine nature of God? It's really simple. I believe the promises of God. When I believe his promise, I want you to hear this. When I believe his promise, I share in his nature. How many of you know that God is a spirit? John chapter four, Jesus said, they that worship me must worship, they that worship the Father must worship God in spirit and truth because God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him that way. God is a spirit. So what does it mean to have a divine nature? I want to step into that spirit realm. Understand this. Faith is your spiritual sense that gives you access to the very nature of God. If you're going to be like him, you've got to be spiritually minded. To be spiritually minded, you've got to be in faith. You can't be in flesh. And so when I believe the promise of God, I step into the realm of faith, which allows me to share in the nature of God, which then, I want you to see this, releases the power of God. How do I get what is in me out of me? By faith. How do I release the power of God? How do I access the promise of God? How do I walk in the glory of God? How do I minister the grace of God? It all happens by faith. I have to believe the promise to share in the nature that releases the power so that I have everything that I need to live a godly life. When I believe the promise that God is my healer, that God is my deliverer, that God is my redeemer, that God is my rescuer, that he's the lifter of my head, that he's my restorer, that he's my peace, that he's my joy, that he's my life, right? That he is able to do. Listen listen to Ephesians 3.20. I love Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or imagine. Now listen to the last part. According to the power that worketh in you. So how do I get the power that's in me to come upon me, to flow through me, so that I have access to everything that I need to live a godly life? It all comes back to here. I gotta believe the promise. When I believe the promise, I share in the nature. The nature of God's spirit is faith. It's by faith that I see what God sees, right? Y'all remember the stool last week, right? I don't need faith to believe in a stool that I can see. I need faith to believe in a stool that I can't see. I don't need faith to believe in a miracle that I have. I need faith to believe in a miracle I don't have. And by the way, let me just interject this real quick. You're not healed when it's manifested. You're healed when you believe. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. The manifestation of my healing is not faith. I didn't get healed when it was manifested. I got healed when I believed what God said. Because when I believed his promise, I stepped into his nature, it released his power, and all of a sudden it manifested everything that I needed in my life to see God's will done in me and through me and for his glory. And so I had to believe his promise. Look at this. Let me just give you another thought. So we said last week that we never, we never question if it's God's will for somebody to be saved. We never question that. We never question if it's God's will for somebody to be saved. And the more messed up they are, the more excited we get. But I want you to recognize something. The same death and resurrection that purchased 
and sealed their salvation is the same death and resurrection that has purchased and sealed our healing, our deliverance, our provision, our breakthrough, and everything that God wants to do in our life. How many understand Jesus is not dying on the cross anymore? He's already died. He's already paid the price. And when he was on the cross and he said, it is finished, he literally meant everything that needs to be done for me and you to experience everything that God has for us has already been done. Faith believes, faith releases, and then faith manifests what God wants to do in our lives. And I'm not healed when it manifests, I'm healed when I believe in what he has already said and what he has already done. Isn't it funny that when somebody comes up for salvation, I said it a while ago, the more messed up they are, the more excited we get. I mean, they just killed somebody yesterday and today they get saved and we're like, woo! Right? God saved them, God forgave them. We, we, we don't even think about it. We don't even question that somehow God could forgive them. They were a rapist, they were a murderer. God forbid they were even a child molester. But if they believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, guess what'll happen? They'll get saved. And we don't doubt that. As a matter of fact, the more messed up they are, the more we rejoice over the fact, man, did you hear that old Billy got saved? I mean, he's been so messed up for so long. And man, did you hear about Sally? And did you hear about old, old Jimbo? I mean, goodness gracious, they were the worst of the worst. And man, they got saved. So why is it that we don't measure somebody's sin for salvation? But when it comes after you get saved and now it comes to receiving healing or provision or breakthrough or a miracle, somehow now we think we've got to earn it or be good enough for it. Right? We recognize there's nothing I can do to earn salvation, but somehow I've got to be good enough to get healed. Or somehow I've got to be good enough to get blessed. Or somehow I've got to jump through the right hoops if God is really going to show up and restore my marriage because it's really messed up and that's pretty bad and I don't know y'all been that way a long time. The reality is simply this. By faith we believe. And when we believe in the exceedingly great and precious promises of God, we step into that divine nature. It's a nature of faith. By faith we see what God sees. By faith we hear what God hears. And by faith we do what God does. And that faith in Him releases the power of God that's already abiding and dwelling on the inside of you to manifest everything that you need to do everything God has called you to do, to live a God-like life. So look at that next statement. So the same way, guys, the same way we receive salvation is the same way we receive and minister everything that God has for us. The same. We believed in our heart and we confessed with our mouth that Jesus was Lord. Is that how you got saved? That's how I got saved. And you know what I love about that? I love the fact that God watches over his word to perform it. And I'm a pastor and I'm a preacher and I love to see people come forward. I love to see people stand. I love to see people raise their hands. I love all those things that we do in church to give people an opportunity to respond by faith. But you know what I love? I love it. I love it when I'm talking to somebody and they say, you know what? I went out in my backyard and I sat down under the tree and I was thinking about killing myself. But instead of killing myself, I cried out and said, God, if you're real, save me. And bam, they got saved. Without a song, without a sermon, without a pastor, without a preacher, without a church, they got saved. Why? Because God watches over his word to perform it. 
And the same way that suicidal maniac got saved under the tree is the same way you get healed, the same way you get blessed, the same way you get delivered, the same way your marriage gets restored, the same way your family gets put back together, the same way you break the stronghold of addiction, it's the same. We believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. Do you believe Jesus is Lord over your body? Do you believe he's Lord over your finances? Do you believe he's Lord over your relationships? Do you believe that all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto him? That's what he said in Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and on earth. Jesus reclaimed what Adam lost when he offered his life as a perfect sacrifice. And he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go. Therefore, go and make disciples. The same way. It's not different. We didn't earn it then, we can't earn it now. We didn't work for it then, we can't work for it now. It wasn't I had to quote three Bible verses before I could get saved and jump on one leg and shake the preacher's hand. It was because I believed in my heart and I confessed with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Ray called, Ray waved at everybody back there. You wanna hear an amazing testimony. Ray had, what did you have, Ray? Rheumatoid arthritis as a child. You'd been crippled for how long? Since you were able to walk without crutches? Ray's mom took him to see Oral Roberts at a tent meeting in Birmingham, is that correct? Ray told me this, I love this story. Ray told me, he said, I knew when I went I was going to get healed. I said, how did you know? This is what he said. He said, my mom told me I was going to be healed, and she had never lied to me before. So I knew she wasn't lying to me now. I knew I was going to be healed. He got healed the moment he believed. It was manifested at that conference. At that tent meeting. He came home a healed, a healed man, didn't you, Ray? Amen. I gave you a little bit. You ought to talk to Ray. Great story. How do you get it? By faith. The same way you got saved. So here's the good news. If you're here today and you've been saved, you now know how to get everything God has for you. And what's crazy is you receive salvation without knowing anything. Now you know a lot of things. It should make it easier to believe but we allow religion to get in our minds. We allow legalism to get in our minds. We allow our flesh to get in the way. And what should be easier now because we're Christians now becomes harder because we allow our intellect to override our faith. Now, I'm not saying check your brain at the door. I'm saying you need to check your brain to Jesus. Right? And renew your mind by the washing of the water of the word and begin to believe the exceedingly great and precious promises of God. So look what the scripture says here. I want you to see this. Romans 10. In fact, it says, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips. It is in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You'll be what? Saved. That word saved is an awesome word. If you believe in your heart and confess in your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. The word saved literally means this. It means to be delivered from. 
to be delivered from everything, to be delivered from the, the curse of sin, the punishment of sin, and the penalty of sin. But it doesn't mean just to be delivered from. It literally means to be delivered from and then brought into everything that God has. If you believe in your heart and confess in your mouth, you will be saved. And God watches over his word to perform it. Amen? Now look what the next verse says. For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God. King James uses the word righteousness. To be righteous literally means to be right with God. To be brought into a right standing with the Lord. So it is by believing in your heart you're made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. So look at that next point on your outline. So faith makes us right with God. Faith believes God's testimony and agrees with God's word. We can't receive until we believe. I had just a little simple illustration. Imagine if somebody came up to you and said, hey, I want to give you $100. And you said, I don't believe you. They said, no, really, I want to give you $100. No, I don't, I don't believe you. No, you can take this $100, you can spend on anything you want to spend on, it's yours, I want to give it to you. I, I don't believe you. They could wave it in front of you. But until you believed, you couldn't receive. Until you believed they were going to actually give it to you, you couldn't take it into your possession. Faith agrees with God. Faith comes into agreement with God, that God is who he says he is, that God will do what he said he would do, that God's word is true. That's faith. Faith believes the testimony that God gives and agrees with the word of God. And when we believe it, we receive it. And that's when it happens. It is conceived by faith the moment you believe. Look at 1 John 5. It says that since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God. I love that little phrase, human testimony and the greater testimony. It's amazing that we'll believe what people say, but we doubt what God says. We'll believe human testimony, but we doubt God's testimony. God testifies that he saves. God testifies that he heals. God testifies that he restores. God testifies that he redeems. And we're like, well, I'm not really sure about that. You know, that may not work for me. Rob shared this with me last week, and I don't know if, I don't think he shared it this morning. He said last week he woke up and the Holy Spirit quickened in his heart. He said, Rob, do you realize everybody believes in miracles? He said, we just struggle believing in miracles for ourselves. Everybody believes miracles happen. The problem is, do I believe a miracle will happen for me? Look what the scripture says. I want, I want to read on to you. It says, surely we can believe the greater testament that comes from God, and God has te testified about his son. Look at verse 10. And all who believe in the son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. And those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar because they don't believe what God has testified about his son. When I don't believe what God says, I call God a liar. Now, I, I realize none of us in this room would outright say, God, you're a liar. <laughs> but we do say, I don't know if I believe that. I, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know Pastor Keith's been preaching about these signs, wonders, and miracles, and I think it's great, and I am praise God for those people who got healed, but I'm not really sure if that'll work for me. If you don't believe that, the Bible says you've called God a liar. It's not that you don't believe the testimony of Pastor Keith. It's that you don't believe the testimony of God. 
Because if you don't believe the testimony of God, then guess what? You can't receive what God has. No matter how bad he wants to give it to you. It's only when we believe his testimony that we receive. Look at the next verse. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. And whoever has the son has life, and whoever does not have God's son does not have life. He's given us eternal life. Now, many times when we think of eternal life, we think of what happens when we die and go to heaven. But the word eternal life and the word everlasting life in the Bible literally means this. It doesn't mean what happens when I die and go to heaven. It means perpetual, continual life. Eternal life is perpetual, continual life. That's why Jesus said to Mary and Martha, whoever believes in me and lives will never die. Because when you got saved, you received eternal, continual, perpetual life. How many of you know if you're a Christian, you're never going to die? You're going to change residence, but you're never going to die. And unfortunately, everybody's going to live forever somewhere. Some are going to have everlasting life. Some are going to have everlasting death in a place called hell or the lake of fire. But the good news of the gospel is that God has testified, if you have Jesus, you have life. See, if you have Jesus and his divine power has given you everything because Jesus is the fullness of the expression of God. Everything, all things, he was the complete manifestation of the Lord. And we are complete in Christ, the Bible says, lacking nothing. We have access to everything by faith in who Jesus Christ is. And that's God's testimony. My son heals, God says. My son delivers. My son redeems. My son rescues. My son puts our broken pieces back together. That's what he does. And that's the testimony. If we don't believe that testimony, the Bible says we actually call God a liar. So look at that next point. So faith agrees with God. Doubt robs us of the miraculous power of God. We have what God says we have. We are who God says we are, and we can do what God says we can do. Faith conceives what we believe and manifests it into our lives. Faith agrees with God. That's all it is. Faith is simply agreeing with God. I believe the testimony that God gave about his son. I believe that Jesus does heal. I believe that Jesus does save. I believe that Jesus does restore. I believe that Jesus does do all the things that he said he does. And by faith, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. He can put my marriage back together. He can heal my body. He can bless me and prosper me financially. He can give me wisdom and grace. He can give me discernment and restoration. He can reach my family and restore my son to wholeness in life. He can do that. Why can he do it? Because God says he can. Faith believes. When I believe the promise, I partake of the nature, it releases the power, and all of a sudden, everything that I need is made available to me. If you have been saved, then you know how to receive everything that God has. And let me just flip the coin for just a second. I, I, I walked through this a while ago and didn't say anything, but let me say it. Not only do we now by faith believe and receive, but by faith we minister to others. How do I minister? See, many times we disqualify ourselves because we don't feel worthy. Let me give you a clue. You never were worthy. You didn't deserve to be saved, but he saved you anyway. You didn't deserve to be blessed, but he blessed you anyway. You didn't deserve to be healed, but he healed you anyway. We didn't get what we got because we deserved it. We got what we got because he paid for it. He purchased it. He redeemed it. And he gave it to us. So that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Let me read you two last scriptures here today. Matthew 17. 
It says, and when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him, speaking of Jesus, and kneeling before him, said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and he suffers terribly. For often he, is, he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the boy was healed instantly. And the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? And he said unto them, because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. And nothing will be impossible to you. I want you to notice something. They said, Jesus, why couldn't we cast out this demon? Why couldn't we heal this boy? You know what Jesus did not say? He didn't say because you don't have enough power. He said, you don't have enough faith. And then, and then, he, then he takes the cookies off the top shelf and he puts them right down here on the bottom where we can all get to them. And this is what he says. So if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, be moved, and it'll move. We don't need great faith. We just need a little faith. We just got to believe. We have the power today to do what Jesus did. We have the power by His divine power to receive everything that we need. And by His divine power, we can minister everything that He purchased and paid for. This morning, everything is possible because nothing is impossible to those that believe. Faith sees what God sees. Faith hears what God says. And faith does what God does. That divine nature is a nature of faith that steps into the spirit realm. You're not healed, you're not blessed, you're not delivered when you see it in the natural. You're healed, you're delivered, and you're redeemed when you see it in the spiritual. When you believe it, it's yours. Now as the praise team comes, I'm gonna ask our elders, our seven pillars, I'm going to go ahead and ask any of our prayer team, if you're a part of our normal Sunday morning prayer team, just to come. And we're going to gather across the front today. And this is what we're going to do. I want to read one more scripture to you, Matthew 18. So elders, seven pillar leaders, and prayer team. We're going to get ready to go into worship, and we're going to open the altar up today. And this is what we're going to do. The Lord told me, he said, Keith, I, I want you to make every, every one of these sermons, I want you to close with something simple, practical, but powerful. Last week, we just did what the Bible said, right? James chapter 5. If you're sick, call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint with all the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. This week, we're going to do what Matthew 18 says. Look what Jesus said. And again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask. Concerning what? And I looked that up in the Greek and it means what? Y'all are smart. If two on earth agree, the word agree here is faith. 
We're going to agree in faith. If two on earth agree, asking anything, look what he says, it what? Y'all read it with me? It what? It what? It will be done for them. Let's say that again. It will be done for them. So what do I got to do according to Scripture? All I got to do is agree with you. And if we agree in faith today, asking anything, it will be done. Well, Pastor Keith, what if it don't happen right now? It's already done. The moment you believe it, it's done. It may manifest immediately. It may manifest in a week. It may manifest in a month. I don't know how long it's going to take to manifest it, but I know this. I know that the moment you believe it, you receive it, and it's done. It's done. And then all i got to do from that moment on is just continue to stand in faith. God, I believe your word. God said it. I believe it and obey it, and miracles happen. In the scripture we read just a moment ago, the Bible says, and the boy was healed instantly. We already heard testimonies this morning. Last week, before people got back to their chair, they were healed. Lynn's walking around without a cane today because God touched him and healed him. So that's all we're going to do. We're just going to be obedient. Is that all right? Simple faith changes everything. So let's stand to our feet. We're going to go into a time of worship. And let me, I want you to hear me. If you need a miracle, you come. And we're just going to agree. We're not going to pray a three-hour prayer. We're going to pray a 30-second prayer of agreement. God, we agree. We agree. And because we believe and agree, it will be done.